On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to talk about how processes and procedures can transform your business and allow you to scale and make more money than you thought possible. We're going to talk about when to create processes and procedures, how to do it, how to be disciplined about it, and how to maintain them so that you can have success for the long term. We're also gonna talk to the queen of processes and procedures in the property management industry, Stacey Saylor. She is going to tell us about her experience, how she got started, and all her best practices. That's next on Bootstrappers. Welcome to Bootstrappers, a unique program designed to help make your business better. From property management to remote workers, Bootstrappers is here to help your business succeed. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. So let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk to entrepreneurs about topics that matter to them and us. <laughs> I am your host, Jeremy Aspen, president of Wistar Group in Omaha, and I'm here with my spouse, Gwen Aspen, the president of Anaquim, Canada, United States, and Mexico, all over the place. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, processes and procedures. Wait, hold on. It, it is more interesting that it's actually a core uh, principle a core it has to be part of your company if you are if you endeavor to do anything more than just have a job if you're going to develop a company and turn it into something this is something you have to do even if you don't have time for it <laughs> <laughs> because you don't um, so we're also at the end of this show at the very end we're going to give away a book a favorite book of our guest which we'll find out about in a little bit if you'll go to Apple and give us a review. Five-star right? review. Five-star re review. We'll get you a, uh, a it'll be a book. Well, hopefully it's just a video link. So we said it's a no, book. It's, we're going to send uh, uh, our guest's favorite book to the first comment we get on Google, or I'm sorry, on Apple uh, on this link. And so, yeah. Okay. So we, um, we've been sticklers for processes and, and procedures in, in all the companies that we've had. Um, and we're going to be talking with someone uh, who is regarded as the queen of procedures in the property management industry and uh, running a company that has strong processes and procedures as part of their culture. Stacy is the owner of Weichart Realtors Edge uh, Home Sales and leading edge property management in the state of Washington. And uh, additionally, I want to make sure we mention this, we have a free ebook that was written by my wife, my spouse, <laughs> Gwen. Uh, so, and which is- You can find that on the Anaquim website. And so it's basically uh, the nitty gritty of how to get your processes and procedures written. And it's at bootstrappers.club or anaquim.net. That should be working. So, um, the first thing that we need to, to cover about processes and procedures is why to do them at all. And so why? Well, my first reason that I became a stickler is that I initially had an employee who was kind of mean to me. And I would walk into our office and I would be like, hey, how are you doing? How was your weekend? And she would literally just glare at me. She wasn't even, didn't even pretend to be nice. No. But I, <laughs> but I was kind of a hostage to her because she did a good job at her operational tasks. And the truth of the matter was I didn't really know what she did. 
I mean, I kind of knew we trained her, things got done, but it became super hard for me to just pull the trigger and fire her because I was afraid. And I run into people like this all the time when I'm talking to property managers. And so I know it's a huge problem that being held hostage to one of your employees is the reason um, you don't make changes that you need to. And it really impacts your whole culture of your company. So, and the answer to it is to have great processes and procedures also have uh, your job descriptions with hyperlinks to the procedures that they're responsible for. And then when you have those things, if someone's does like a huge values infraction at your company or is, um, terrorizing your culture or is holding you hostage and they're horrible to you, you can just make the change and it's no drama. So that's my why. What was your why? ADD. <laughs> I just, Tell us more yeah, about so the I've ADD. got ADD and I just for the FAA, I do not take Adderall because I would lose my license. So I'm just still ADD. License. My pilot's license. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I just stick with my personality flaw, which is ADD. But what's nice about ADD, or at least the way I uh, wrap my head around it and then arms around the procedures, oh, is that I created the procedures because I had to be able to hold somebody accountable. I had to be able to focus long enough to tell people what it is that needed to get done and then pass it on to them. Because with ADD, you're not going to do the same thing over and well, over again. Well, and you forget things. You're like yeah. you need checklists. And I have to have something that tells me this date to do this, which is another part of procedures that we don't talk about very often. It's one thing to have everything written down in a procedure, but it's also even better an enhanced level of it is when you embed a next step into the workspace of our employees. So <clears throat> when you select no in some field or whatever and you hit save, that it automatically tells them what their next step is or what they're supposed to do in, in the next go, or, or it automatically generates a notification or an email or a template or something that then becomes a next step and it just flows nice and yes. smooth. And so I just wanna piggyback on your ADD. So you've basically been a stickler for processes and procedures because you, if you don't have a checklist, you get lost or you forget a step personally. For sure. And then yeah. it also, ha I would say that ADD has informed your other obsession with, which is automation. Yeah. And so you have embedded your processes and procedures into creating wizards for workflows mm -hmm. so that, so that the next step is almost dummy proof because you you are expecting the person that you hand it off to to have the same ADD you have, essentially. Yeah, or it needs or to be designed for for someone like for you. somebody like that. Um, <laughs> and also, here's here's another thing that really drove me, and I think a lot of property managers might really understand this. Uh, you know, I went from a large salaried corporate job, and when you go off and start your own company, there is a decent chance that you will not make any money. And so in my case, I think it was the 19th month after we were in business before I paid myself $500. But what drove me to really make sure that I had processes and procedures is that I wanted to stay above, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to say that doing something was below my pay grade. Not in a disparaging kind of way, but in a way that made it so that I could 
hire employees that were going to be underlings or you know reporting to me who would naturally make less money and i could just kind of whittle away at the when you're a small company and you're first starting out especially in property management i think you're doing everything Mm -hmm. and if you're doing everything that means you're doing ten dollar an hour labor and you're doing hundred dollar an hour labor and so in doing the ten dollar an hour labor you're necessarily diluting the value the value that you bring to your own company yes so my really probably the bigger driver more than add add i was just protecting myself but what i wanted to do is make more money there's only one way to do that that is to make sure that the work that is getting done is being done by the right person in the company and that they're paid accordingly so yeah so maybe it was a little fear inspired because i always wanted to get back to six figure money with a small company there is no guarantee no there's no guarantee and um i also think that if you want to have a consistent product that you're delivering to the market and be really proud of your company and not be afraid when an owner calls like did we do it right did we screw it up they have like reasonable expectations that things were done right yeah um having great processes and procedures gives you that confidence, which reduces your stress level, which makes you like your job more, which gives you more energy to move the business forward. Well, and saves time. So very <laughs> importantly, whenever there is, if you have, and you're sure that you're, you're using your procedures, you're sure of it. When you get a call from that, in our case, tenant, a customer that makes some sort of an accusation, like, uh, the maintenance technician didn't knock on the door something yeah he did because we trained this we know they did they documented that they did help they recorded their knocking on the door whatever it is when when you can identify readily that what that person is trying to get away with telling you isn't true and that skips all those steps of looking into and researching making sure that um, you know, did such and such do this or, or didn't they? Or, and you stop that back and forth. You just, you kind of automatically know that that's not true. It eliminates the drama. Yeah. And when you eliminate drama, your team doesn't get burned out as easily and we don't get burned out as easily. Now, one thing I want to talk about is a cautionary tale. Because I remember at one point you had stepped away from, from the biz- one of our businesses for a period of time, came back, there were some problems, and uh, you were doing the strategic planning, and you actually told them to stop with processes and procedures, like developing them. Why? Tell everybody why. Well, I don't remember. I mean, the only reason to stop doing them is just to kind of demonstrate that you're not doing it anyway. Like, yes. it's becoming an energy suck. You're writing down, maybe, you're writing down your procedures, um, but they're not actually, they're not getting their claws into the meat of the company. So when you're writing these things down, you're just wasting your time because then you're doing everything wrong and you're taking the time to write them down. So, so and if you're not going to adhere to it, then just stop. That ends up becoming a huge burden. If you do not take Processes and procedures, and I, importantly, um, are something you you have to, obviously, you have to do the procedure. They're a, a reflection of what you 
do. You have to write down the things that you do do, and that's how you design your processes and procedures. You don't, um, you don't want processes and procedures to just be like a wish list, like the things that you want them to be. You write down the way that you do things right now, you look for opportunities to make them better, and then make them better, but or if don't you, do it. I guess the, my point was that if you're not gonna live and breathe them on a daily basis and modify them with reality and hold people accountable and say, oh, this got screwed up, let's look at the procedure, where did we go wrong? If you're not gonna use them on a daily basis, there's really literally no point in writing them down because they're obsolete the second that like six months after you write If you that. don't update them. If you don't I, update and you don't hold people accountable. Like when I was a quality assurance manager at Wistar Group uh, and I would listen to calls, everybody in customer service, when someone screwed up, I would send the whole team a screenshot of the procedure with an arrow pointing to where it says to do it the right way and then retrain everybody on where in the procedure it says it. If the procedure was confusing, we'd fix the procedure. But every time someone screwed up, we went back to the procedure to enforce that this is how we do things. If you're not going to do that as a manager, Don't do there's it. no point in even writing them down. Yeah. Um, I would change one thing about your analogy. Instead of living and breathing it, I think it, I would picture the procedures as more like the breath of your company. So it needs to be something you don't think about, but it needs to be that important to your system that, that it churns out a living organism because it's such an imperative um, to, to be able to grow the company. Again, you can have a job and do everything yourself and make okay money. But if you want to turn it into something that's useful, valuable, like when you want to sell, then you better have process and procedures. Because you can't, you can't sell a company without When well, it's frustrating, I go and, and have these conversations with companies around the country, and they all understand it, but they don't do it. And, and for me, I just, I, why would I want to, if I wanted to make decent money, I do think that you are automatically giving up your right to even want good money in an honest way if you don't take the time to do pr uh, so. But finding that time is really hard when you start a business. So my favorite way to <laughs> to write processes and procedures is to lock myself at the Marriott for That's a weekend. A good, yeah. So when when we started Anaquim, the initial processes and procedures, I spent the weekend at the Marriott, locked myself into a room, didn't didn't do anything but come up with the initial key procedures. And the initial key procedures of any company are the general, like the big operational processes. Workflows, big workflows. And then also you need an accounting process, no matter where you are. You need yeah. a collections process. You need an invoicing process. If you could get all that ready to go, and then your big operational stuff, and just make a framework for it, then you can move forward with the business without having a heart attack. Well, and here's the absolutely truth of the matter is that if you have a payables process, it looks exactly like every other payables process in the United States. There's no difference. If you come from another industry and you've had anything to do with payables, just do the same thing. That's what I did with, uh, I came from Kuna Nagel and Bax Global, and we had payables procedures. The way that we do it at our, and they're large organizations, 
the way that we do it in our organization is exactly the same thing. An invoice comes in, you attach it to whatever work order it would be related to. And then you um, put it in the system, you put a date on it. When that date comes up for due, being paid, pay it and then write the check. It doesn't need to be that complicated. A lot of them don't need to be complicated, but they do need to be written down. So I'm just gonna go through some of the nuts and bolts of getting it done. First, you have to decide on a software. So you could do Google Docs is the easiest. You write one index page and then you write hyperlinks to the processes that you're gonna have. We use Sweet Process, Process Street's also really popular. Then you have to decide on a vocabulary. Are people at the company, are they teammates? Are they employees? What, what role, oh, this is important to figure out on the front end because if you don't, it screws everything up later. But are you gonna call people like VPs? Are you gonna call them executives, professionals? Getting that worked out on the front end saves a lot of headache later if you intend on growing your organization. Also, Standardized. Do you have goals or rocks? What are you going to call like quarterly goals? What's your cadence going to be? How are you going to have meetings? Knowing that on the front end is helpful. And then acronyms. Oh my God. Oh God. Like, please write your acronyms in the glossary. Just keep them to a minimum. And we have some way, people that just freaking love them. It, by acronyms. the way, my name is not J A. <laughs> not and, everybody. And this person's name is not R W. It's not. And and if that per, if you don't know that person, don't use their initials. It's oh so my gosh, we have some people like love everything. They have an acronym. I, I I'm personally not a fan of that. Um, and then you always want to have at least a stand. If you're going to do a Google Doc and just start from a blank sheet of paper at least have a format that you're going to have every process follow every procedure. So it's going to have a trigger, it's going to have a purpose, and then you're going to write the steps down. Are you going to do like, if it's a Google doc numbers, are you going to do check marks? Are you going to do like bullet points, but figure out what your, what your structure is going to be. Then you have to have a procedure for managing your procedures because in six months and we've had this happen we've this is our big boneheaded move we talk about that a lot on this show our big boneheaded move is that we never had a process for managing our processes and then every year it was like unwinding a messy string trying to figure out where things are and who was allowed to write procedures and then they didn't follow the format and then you'd have to like undo what people did, which is more time consuming than just following the format that you originally set out and training people on how to manage them. So business tip, there are different layers of an organization. One of them is entry level. The second one is supervisory. The next one is management. And the one after that is executive. That's not gonna change. I don't care what organization, I don't care how, how tall it is or how, how short your organizational structure is. That is a fact. You might be both a supervisor and a manager, but what managers do, what supervisors do is make sure that the, their agents do things the way they're supposed to. What managers do is manage the people that work for them. They make sure that the procedures are being adhered to. They look at the procedures, they'll adapt the procedures for upcoming uh, new software uh, enhancement, changes in the industry, whatever they have to. They manage the supervisors so that they can supervise their people. It, you, and that is, what procedures are for. They're to help managers understand the way things are running in the company. And when they identify that there's something not going right or something could be optimized, they grab that procedure, they look at it and find out what they can do to make it better. 
That's mm-hmm. what a manager does. And guess what? Managers make more than supervisors. Supervisors make more than their entry level positions. That's the way it goes. You have to take this on. If you want to claim yourself to be a manager, you better have procedures. Wow. You are like a drill sergeant today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. So Well, it's true. Everyone wants to Well, anyway, it is true. I'll just stop there. Yeah. So box. I like it. Well, one of the things <laughs> So one of the things that we're getting to is having a documents control badge because our processes and procedures have gotten to a point, well, we went through some growth phases and I was obsessed with them, but now I'm like, oh God, do they, did we grow too fast and maybe we made some mistakes and maybe our vocabulary needs to be more standardized. So we're, we're going to have one of our people spend a good portion of their time going through the processes and kind of babysitting the managers just to make sure that all the processes and procedures are up to date, they're being followed, and they're accurate. Um, so we, when our company was smaller, we never had this badge. Um, and so smaller organizations, you know, you're going to have to just work with the managers on making sure everything is up to date. But as companies grow, I think that that's a, a good position to have on the team to make sure everything is stays organized and consistent depending on the department and making sure that the company grows in sophistication so with its organic growth one thing to be careful of though because one thing that can't happen with people or companies that adhere to procedures too much is that you don't adapt because there Mm -hmm. are a certain there's a certain group a certain i don't know i would say personality type that really just wants to do what you tell them to do. And there becomes a kind of a reverence for the procedure. So they will do the step by step. They will take they will take it to the finish line. And in the meantime, they will either be churning out mistakes um, that don't get picked up on by managers who should have been paying attention, um, or they will they will never exercise what should be their right to let somebody know that, that it could be dumb. better. Yeah. That's something, and that's a better example, when something is stupid. I think we're going through oh. that. I, I'm going to be really honest here. I think we're going through that a little bit now because we've changed some of the softwares we've used. So some of the procedures are like, well, we have to do it this way because we've always done it this way. I, but now with the new softwares, we don't have to do it this way because we're using new tools and I don't think all of our processes have migrated over. So I guess the big thing is that it is always gonna be a work in progress, but the main points are that you wanna have hyperlinks to procedures that people are responsible for. So if you have to fire them because they make a values infraction or, or they leave unannounced or they get sick or hurt, you can have someone take over that role easily without any stress Um, because again, just follow the procedures on that uh, for that role and make sure we're obsessed with keeping them updated while staying um, flexible, right? So there's maybe a balance there, flexibility, keeping them updated. Uh, Yeah, well, so you want to make sure that what somebody is doing today is what is in the procedure. Like you may not deviate. You must make that mistake Every single time it pops up because that's how it's written. But you've got to make it so that they, if they have this reverence, sometimes I think it's laziness, 
But if they have a certain reverence for the procedures that this is the way we do things, then there has to be a mechanism. It's probably through some sort of a meeting or something where you identify that something can be made better. Supervisors or managers pick up on the cues and then insert them into the procedure. And then from that moment on, that is the way that you do it. Mm -hmm. And here's an important, this all ties into the human resources piece and getting rid of people. If you have a procedure and you've identified a first time that they've done it incorrectly, and then you identify a second time, you notify them, and then a third time, HR departments, companies will tell you that after that third time, you can fire them. Um, that can't be the goal. You want to try to make it better. You need, to, But in order to make them better, you need to be able to point to something and say, look, this is where you screwed up. Don't do it again. And then if they do, it's, it's a write-up. But... It's really important to not, um, or when you hear the words, we've always done, bah, 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 or we do things like, bah, 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 there is a decent chance that that person is not going to be the one bringing up change. <laughs> they, they, and it has yeah. to be a supervisor that yeah. it identifies that, okay, this is churning out a stupid result. Because while procedures can help make your company successful, uh, really their purpose is to make it so as much of what you do is dumb, right? So mitigate the downside of the dumbness. Like if there is something that really just doesn't make sense and is harmful, clean it up, get it out of there, but make it so that the step-by-step procedures are super simple to follow. You don't need idiots to follow it. You need to have systems that make it easy for them to do things routinely. And if it's the right kind of person, bring something to the table make make your company better joining us now on bootstrappers is stacy salyer stacy is the owner of weikert realtors edge home sales and leading edge property management out of washington state commonly referred to as i've heard the queen of processes and procedures (laughs) apparently you're somewhat known in the industry for doing things right That's that's awesome. Yes, yeah, that's that's absolutely. What, even if you're yes. not known for it, it's a lot better to be doing it right. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, maybe I just need a crown, I guess. Yes, be- I think so. I think so. Yeah. We um so actually maybe we could take uh, advantage of the instant to ask what it is you do and just kind of a rough uh, overview of of who you are. Sure. Yeah. So I'm the owner broker of those two businesses, uh, Leading Edge Property Management and Weikert Realtors Edge Home Sales. I've been in real estate for 16 years, uh, but I opened my own brokerage uh, four years ago. So in 2016. And uh, before that, I did retail management, um, got recruited into property management and just kind of 16 years later, that's where I am. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed in uh, conferences and whatnot. A lot of us came from other industries. I was international supply chain, um, Mm -hmm. and that's lent itself nicely actually to to the procedures, processes, procedures, because, you know, we would be moving auto parts from Bilboa, Spain, uh, over to, with a lead time of, you know, six weeks, over to Hermosillo, Mexico, to help make sure that it got in the production line on the right day, because it was um, right. just in time at, back then is what we called it. And and you have to have things down right, and you have to be able to identify when the problems pop up. And the way to do that, I learned then, was making sure you had stuff written down, and that what you had written down was followed. 
So, and that's exactly. my question for you is, did working in retail as a retail manager, did they have good processes and procedures? How did you come about being so diligent and disciplined about it? Yes. So I think it actually stems from my childhood a little bit, to be honest. Um, so I'm first born in my family of three. And I think you kind of become like natural leader in your family. And also my dad as uh, a retired Marine. Mm. So I think I learned a lot from him as far as like organization and, you know, always putting things back in the right place and just kind of that, like everything has its home type thing. And then um, before my last company that I worked for was Gap. Uh, which is a huge, obviously, international retailer. Um, I will say, yes, they have amazing processes and procedures. Everything is dialed down to, you know, 15-minute increments. You know, like this window change should take you 1.25 payroll hours times oh, two wow. people. Um, you know, if you, you know, shipment and everything. So I will, I think I worked for Gap for five or six years. So that was a, a fantastic way to get trained and, you know, really running a business and learning kind of all that, the operational type. Stuff. And then so. somebody enticed you into the sexy industry of property management? Yes, which is crazy, <laughs> right? Because here I was, I was making really great money. It was 2004, you know, retail. Um, you know, I had fabulous benefits, you know, total corporate job. And uh, yeah, somebody recruited me and they said, hey, you should totally come, you know, work for me, get your real estate license, you'll be 100% commission. And uh, I took the big leap and I just did it. And at that time, I had my first and I have three kids now. And he wasn't even quite one years old. And I was kind of looking at family life. And mm -hmm. they sold me on the, the that time piece as far as like, um, Hey, you know, you'll have way more time with your family during the holidays and all that kind of good stuff. And I made the leap and here I am. So then you jump into property management. How, okay. So when you get into property management, I'm, I don't know where you started, but, um, I'm sure quickly, did you, was it an already existing company? I should ask. Yes. Okay. Yep. So I went and hung my license for a broker. So yeah. probably the property management department had no processes and procedures and it was chaotic. Is that a safe assumption? That, yes, that would be. Yes. <laughs> really? Okay. So, yeah. Is that... I, yeah. So it, I, I was, there was really no training. There was nothing. It was like, oh, hey, here's your book of business. Here's a contract that we use for the tenants. Here's a contract we use for the owners. Your job, you need to go get more owners and take care of these homes. And that was that. But nothing on like, what's a thermocouple for a you know, hot water tank? What do you do if a septic, you get a call on like a septic system or you know, what happens if you, know, you need to move somebody in or out, that kind of stuff, so just. So when you got into property management, was there something that was glaring and you identified as probably a best place to start fixing stuff? Um, so you mean as far as like opening my own business yeah. or, yep. yep. So, I mean, I definitely had the opportunity to learn, um, a lot of like what not to do and, and some things of what to do. Um, so when I opened leading edge, it was kind of like the perfect time because so many more, uh, new technology features were coming out and I had the experience of, you know, gosh, this worked really well, but you know, this didn't. Um, so when I opened Leading Edge, I just kind of, you know, I was a one woman show when I first opened my own business. And now we've grown to a team of eight plus. Wow. Um, yes. Yeah, so 
quite a bit of growth in four years. And um, I just kind of started with the mindset of, you know, I didn't want to be a one woman show. And I knew if I wanted to grow, I needed to take whatever was in my head and put it out on paper or actually the, you know, cloud and uh, move forward. And so that to me seems like what is most important about processes and procedures, because if you don't do that, then you are, you're always going to be stuck working on the problems that are born from not having worked on the problem in the first place, right? Yeah. And that can just be a spiraling effect. It's that compound interest thing. Well, yeah. the way we did it was um, I just always took the easiest thing that would save me a little bit of time. And then I would develop some sort of a process or a procedure that would lay it out. And then after I would test it for a little while, I'd pass it on to somebody else. And then they did it. That saved me, call it five minutes a week. Well, then I had those five minutes a week, uh, which when you have free five free minutes and when you're first starting out of business, that's a lot of time, like five <laughs> minutes. Oh, thank God yeah. I've got those. Um, but you use that time to develop uh, a next procedure and the next thing that you can pass on to somebody else. And then that goes to them. You save yourself a, an hour a week, you know, and it just kind of compound interest uh, your way through up to success. So is, how did you start? Did you start with the easiest thing? Which process was your first one that you wrote down? Yeah, so I can't remember the first process I wrote out, but I will say at the time I was working with a business coach. And so we kind of did that whole time study where she said, hey, you know, if you want to grow, you, you know, you need to figure out everything you do and then, you know, just kind of go through and, you know, what what do I legally have to do? What what do I hate doing? Uh, what do I love doing, but I don't have to do? And so I just kind of started categorizing it that way. And then I started can't remember what process I started with, but probably the basic ones, right? Like move in, move out, onboard new owner, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and then just kind of started then creating job descriptions as well of the things like I hated doing that were admin. <laughs> so I was like the first person I hired. Um, and the things I didn't have to do, like in putting invoices, you know, that's, right. you know, it's very important to our business, but that's well below like my pay grade, right? So I could go out and I could use that time, kind of like what you're talking about, the extra five minutes a day, or it becomes an hour, two hours a week, you know, to get new business so that I could continue to grow and then be where we are today. So when you were writing those down, did you carve out a specific time in the day where you would dedicate it to the processes and procedures, or did you do it on the weekends? When did you write them down? No, I'm very much a live by your calendar type person. And that's usually how I train my team as well is to say, hey, you know, if you have a certain task you need to get done every day, then it needs to go on your calendar and it has to live there and you have to do it. Um, so same thing with that, with processes is you have to set the time aside to to get it done. Otherwise, you'll never get it done because it's one of those tasks that you hate doing, but you love it once it's done. And then once you kind of grow your team, then you can start utilizing your team as well to help you. So, um, so no, I definitely put it on my calendar. So for those initial processes, did you put it on your calendar every day, like for until the initial, at least the framework was done for those processes and procedures, or did you do it once a week? Uh, I think I did it a couple times a week. So I usually I always reserve Monday for what I call firefighting. 
Um, and that's what I call with my team is, you know, Monday's like firefighting day, like, oh my gosh, what happened over the weekend? Or, you know, what do we have left? And um, usually I'll reserve kind of like Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays for kind of more of those projects. So that's just me personally. Um, but I think of, you know, however it works with anybody's schedule. So which software uh-huh. are you using for your processes and procedures? I know we use Sweet Process, but what have you okay. used? Yeah, we use Asana. So we've used it for a couple of years, two or three years. And then um, I also have my executive assistant now. She writes um, SOPs and she'll write those into Google. I don't, I don't know. She makes them all beautiful and <laughs> amazing looking, but um, Asana. And then um, my executive assistant is also kind of in charge of all of our Asana projects and templates now. So um, that's, you know, we get a lot of feedback. We have weekly team meetings on Wednesdays. Um, and our agenda is kind of always the same, but, you know, we'll add and subtract depending on what we need to talk about for the week. But that is something that I really try and create a culture within my team of, hey, what's working? What's not working? How can we fix it? Like, you know, that kind of feedback culture. It's it's not up to me to determine always what the best process is at this point in time. You know, I really rely on the team for feedback as well. So one way that I've always... Um, picked up on whether or not something was working or not, was, or whether or not we had a solid process uh, or procedure actually, is that when there was a mistake, it kept happening. So like, okay, you, you're, you have this, poly, this procedure and it's churning out an error every time X happens. Well, then after about the second or third time that X happens and the same error spits out, you're like, okay, people are sticking to it, that's great. That's not to say that the procedure failed. It's to say that the procedure is defective and you go back in, you break it apart and you and you fix it so that what instead of churning out an error, it flows into something else. I I always kind of take a little bit of pride whenever there's a mistake that comes out more than once. You're like, okay, we're doing it. We're getting this thing. (laughs) Getting people to do um, to stick to procedures or actually I would say companies to actually embrace the idea that procedures are the way that they should be running their company is very hard. We've been consulting on this for years, um, different property management companies. And that's one thing that if people do the procedures, they do generally speaking succeed. And if they don't, they're stuck. There's no, I don't think there's any physical way around it. Have you seen that too? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, it just keeps everybody on the same page. And, um, you know, my, my vision when I created Leading Edge was to create, you know, a five-star experience for both our clients and our tenants. And it's really hard to create a five-star experience for everybody if everybody's off doing their own thing. And, you know, and with property management, especially, we have so many specific due dates. Um, I don't know about your state, but Washington State's pretty tough you know, as far as like, um, you know, you only have so much time to respond to somebody about a work order. You only have so much time to like process their move out documentation and refund their money from their deposit. And, you know, if you're not following very tight processes and procedures, you really could fail in a matter of, you know, time, you know, not much time. So. So when somebody messes up at your organization, do you always go back to the process and the procedure, look at it when you're giving them the feedback to see where the error took place? Is that how you keep them up? Because it's, it's one thing to make them, but then it's the maintaining them that's the hard part in my mind. 
Yes, definitely. Um, so we always look at the process and then the person and, you know, is it training? Is it just they don't follow processes? Do they not fit our culture? I, I don't know. You know, so it's kind of, we kind of look at everything holistically, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think once once you get it down and once you've had them and and then once you have them in writing and you your team is following them and you keep adding new team members, then when you're interviewing people, you want to make sure that they understand, like that's, you set the expectation early and say, this is, this is us. This is what we do. This is how we do it. You know, if, if this isn't something you want to do, then leading edge isn't the best place for you. And that's okay. Um, so that, that's kind of how we do it. So have you found it to be more difficult to bring people in that have experience in property management? And I'll backtrack a second with the question because it seems to me like our industry is infused with people that really are the property managers. They do everything and they do about a hundred units per person. You know, that that's what I think the average assignment is. And so they pretty much are out in the field. They're answering their cell phone. Uh, they're maybe writing something down as a to-do, something to get back to. And they go back to the office and work on it. Um, where the, so when they come into the, I, I, the, I guess the question is, when they come into your company, do you have to break them from that habit or do you not hire those people or am I just having a unique experience in how we operate? Yeah, so those are really good questions. Um, so Gail, our lead property manager, she's actually done property management for 10 years. Um, so she came to me already with, you know, quite a bit of knowledge. Um, she loves what we do. And, you know, I, I think that's part of it. You know, if you can get somebody on board who loves that culture and likes the processes and procedures and, and everything, then that's great. Um, the, how I actually grew is I actually bought another uh, real estate brokerage this year. Oh, cool. So Congratulations. I, yeah, thank you. I know I haven't officially announced it just because we're, you know, we've been working so hard this summer, but Shh, we won't so tell we, <laughs> although, I mean, if people know, uh, so we went from close to 200 doors to over 500. Wow. Um, so we've brought in, you know, new team members. So, you know, we're kind of in the, the growth and I guess pain points, if you will. Um, it's not a bad thing, but it's that, that time where everyone's just kind of like learning and we're straddling two different companies um, because we're in the middle of transferring clients over from the one company to leading edge. Um, so I guess that kind of went off on a tangent there, but have you found it easier to bring it theoretically when you think back, is it easier for you to bring, um, on the 300 units from another company because you have something to show them and say, okay, here is what we do. And so really you're just directing them to do what you do as opposed to, okay, let's see what happens. Oh, yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, this is a deal that I worked on for since January, and then we closed in June. Um, and the seller actually stayed on and his uh, full time assistant also stayed on. So it, it's a very unique um, transition. And one of the reasons I think it worked so well is that he had created an awesome business, great property management book of business. He's excellent at what he does. And his um, uh, full time assistant is also excellent at what she does. Um, but he just didn't have what leading edge had, you know, the technology, the process is written out and all that kind of good stuff. And so he was looking, you know, he's retirement plan. So he'll stick around for a couple of four years 
and then officially full-time retire. Um, so it actually worked out really well. So I, if, I think if we, a lot mm-hmm. of people would be envious of what you're doing there because that's so much of what, you know, that's, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to grow. We want to get doors on board and whether we're doing it organically or we're bringing on another property management company, if you've got the processes and procedures, we can't hound it enough. It's so right. much easier. Got a couple of questions for you because we're running out of yes. time. Um, and what's your favorite book and why? Oh, my favorite book. Well, I love all of Brene Brown's books. They really have nothing to do with processes per se, um, but I just, I really love the way she writes and I, I love how she's just so authentic and it's really helped me. Uh, I've read all of her books. Um, don't ask me to quote anything though, because I don't have that good of a memory, but um, I just, I love how she um, just really, you know, brings it all in and, and all that. So I highly wow. recommend her. I agree with you on that one. Um, I watched a, her videos a lot during harder times in my career and mm-hmm. I actually have watched them several times. So we'll link, is there a specific one of her books that you would recommend? You know, I think any of them are great. Certainly starting with the the first one, you know, if you haven't read any, then start with the first one. But I, I would say probably my ultimate favorite. Um, and I know I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but is dare to lead. Oh, yes. um, you know, but I do think you need to kind of read all of them to, to get there. Um, and I, I would love to meet Brene Brown someday in person. So I'm going to put that into the universe. Yes. Watching. I'd love to meet you. Maybe a property <laughs> management yeah. conference. Wouldn't that be fun? Right? I know that would be be fabulous. (laughs) So, and then the other question we want to ask you is, uh, obviously, running a business is so difficult and so many things come up um, and we all make mistakes at some point. What would be your biggest boneheaded move in business that maybe we could Uh, all can can learn from? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, there's so many. (laughs) I don't know if there are like so many big ones, but there's, you know, little ones here and there that, you know, as long as you take them as a learning opportunity, then it's then they're not. not Yeah, they're not really a bad mistake. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, I think people I think um, putting the right people in the right position um, is probably the biggest you know, I guess what I would say mistake that I've made over, over the years, um, you know, but again, like anything, as long as you learn from it and, you know, you, hopefully it doesn't happen again. And then you create a process in the future to, avoid to help it. alleviate those future mistakes, then, then it's okay. I totally, I, I've had that same issue before because I fall in love with like everybody that works with us or for us. And so, and I think right. that they can do literally anything. And then sometimes right. I've historically put people in the wrong positions where it's not a good match. So, right. um, so finding the right, and no one likes to be in a role that they're not a good match in. So that's one that I can totally relate to. For sure. So Stacy Salyer, uh, thanks so much for coming on our show. Yeah. Stacy again is the uh, owner of Weikart Realtors Edge Home Sales and Leading Edge Property Management in Washington State. Look her up. Um, and thanks a whole bunch for coming on the show. And we love a chance to talk to the queen of processes and procedures in the property awesome. management well, I love industry. that title. And thank you for having me. I can talk about processes and procedures all day long. Wow, we've uh, we got so much out of that. Yeah. You know what I got out of um, talking to Stacy Salier the most is that 
she did a time analysis of what she was spending her time on. I really need to do that. So as she was saying that, I kind of remember back in corporate America that our boss, my boss at Kunernagel, he was the president at the time, um, he had us do something like that. And I think that's where I got it in my mind how there's some sort of segmentation. I was wondering why I couldn't hear you. <laughs> some sort of segmentation to um, to our jobs. And I think I did deploy something like that at the very beginning because it had to be the... I think that's where I get that idea of the easy stuff first. Just get that out of the way. Yeah. Get that stuff that you, onto somebody who might be, you know, hopefully way less expensive than you, or at least what you hope to be, so that they can do that process into the work and you can work on some more higher level and, stuff. And everybody does some work below their pay grade. I remember reading a Harvard Business Review article where they were reviewing CEOs of huge companies and and they had business coaches making sure that they were actually focusing on that on that visionary work and not working below their pay grade. So I think all of us can learn a lot if we spent one or two weeks just really analyzing our time usage and how much it's worth. The other thing I got from Stacy, which I think is the hardest part about processes and procedures, is the discipline to find time to write them down. Because... Um, oh, yeah. You know, Regular. we talked about earlier in the show that I lock myself in the Marriott, but you can't do that all the time. And you can't do that to, for small things. That's like a big project, right? But the discipline the to just, the discipline, <laughs> I didn't even hear it. I probably didn't want to. Uh, the discipline. She's my wife. God. Okay. So the discipline to um, just mark time on your calendar, not read your email do the deep work of getting the processes and procedures done when you said you were gonna do it, uh, I think that that takes people really far. And I'm not always great at it. I mean, I'm okay at it, but and I could get better. Yeah, so to kind of play off of that a little bit, um, when you've got a major objective in the future, like right now I'm writing for our newspaper, and so it always, and I take a certain amount of time very regularly to think about what I wanna think about and ultimately what'll turn into um, a column. And these are very similar in that I think it makes the most sense to, even if it's 10 minutes a day, set 10 minutes a day aside to think about what you want to do with your company and and do, do a little bit of dreaming, put it together on paper a little bit, and then then grow those thoughts um, into, into the form of procedures that you can then pass on to somebody. But if you don't take the time, like for sure, if you do not take the time to write your procedures and, and infuse them into the DNA of your company, you're not going anywhere. Uh, you can buy other companies and you can have the exact same problems, uh, the, the inability to scale that you have as a small company. You've got, you just bought yourself different fire drills. Yeah, you bought, and more of them. Fires. Because the only yeah. thing you're scaling is that the problems are coming to you. Yes. You're not able to scale them in such a way that makes it that a more appropriate person might be able to better handle it. So uh, if you're growing, not organically, but you're growing through uh, buying companies when you found yourself a great sugar daddy, uh, great, good. Um, you might, I'm getting into the weeds on that. You might 
be okay. You might, but you're not going to be a better company. And that's why Stacy's processes and procedures. I mean, the guy who's working now partnered with her and she's buying his company. He could see it. He was like, Oh yeah, you're the right fit for us because you're going to make this so much better with your processes well, and procedures. And that's kind of what's happening uh, with Wistar through Aniquim. Wistar has been doing a lot of things right for a lot of years. We use the right software. We have great people. We have a fun culture. Uh, we have processes and procedures. And we've actually designed ours to be able to scale to other companies. So through Aniquim, this is going to sound like a pitch, but through Aniquim, we've been able to reach out to other property management companies and just give them what we're doing. And mm -hmm. and if, if they do it, then they're way better off. And it's not like it's from one day to the next. You're not going to be success. You're not going to be able to implement this kind of a change from one day to the next. But you can implement this kind of change one day at a time. And you better start now because the sooner you do, the more money you're going to make. Um, so I just want to remind people, if you want to learn more about how to write your processes and procedures, we have a free ebook on the Aniquim website, aniquim.net. It's on the library under ebooks. And um, feel free to grab that if that will be helpful to you. Uh, also, uh, please like and subscribe Bootstrappers on Apple. The next no, no, comment on YouTube. Apple. Like and subscribe to YouTube and oh, Apple. Apple, you do too? Apple iPod, uh, Apple um, Podcasts. Okay, and we will send the next person who comments. Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I do love her. She is an amazing author. So that's a good book. That's Stacy's favorite book. So we're, we're going to send it to whoever likes and subscribes. Um. Check out the links below because I think we mentioned a couple of things we were going to be linking down there. And first and foremost, take the time to write your processes and procedures <laughs> starting now. This is Bootstrappers. We'll see you next week. This has been Bootstrappers, a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website, anaquim.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers. Welcome to Bootstrappers, a unique program designed to help make your business better. From property management to remote workers, Bootstrappers is here to help your business succeed. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. So let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen.